everybody, and welcome back to the Get Me Started podcast. My name is Thea, and I'm the host of the show. Before we begin today's episode, I'd first like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, who are the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present, and emerging, and extend that respect to any Indigenous persons listening here today. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this land was, is, and always will be traditional Aboriginal land. I'd encourage all my listeners to do some research and learn more about the work on which they live, work, and socialise on. Uh, back in the makeshift studio that is my bedroom, we have another guest episode for the Get Me Started podcast. And today we have Luca Bade talking about comfort in fear. So welcome to the podcast, Luca. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, no, today should be a really interesting episode. Luca's got a whole range of things that we want to touch on. And he was actually one of the first people who approached me about being a guest on the show mm. rather than me hunting people down. Yeah. So <laughs> it's nice to know that it was um, a volunteer in this, yeah. in this time. And yeah. it actually ties in really well with what his topic is all about. Yeah. Um, so how are you going? I'm good. I'm yeah? good. Feeling good. You, you keen? Yes. You ready? Very keen. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's been like six months, maybe yeah, more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what about comfort in fear gets you started? Uh, I guess I guess this topic gets me started because it is essentially me. Like, it's my own philosophy on uh, understanding life. It, it's my 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 innate want to help others to help themselves. And I re- it really gets me going when people tell, tell me about these great ideas that they have, but like don't have the courage to try. And they're always like on the back burner. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's them like picturing themselves, uh, trying a new skill or a hobby or moving to a new place or even like pursuing something that they're really passionate about. You know, <clears throat> something that is viable to do. It's controllable. It's within their power, but it doesn't go anywhere and they don't question it. And uh, yeah, this is what gets me started. It's like, I guess the bottom line is we have the capacity to do the things we want, but we're blocked by ourselves, you know? And uh, we're, I guess we're blocked by what I call fear. And I'm, I'm not talking about like external fear of like walking down a dark hallway or like a alleyway, but like internal fear, like fear of being embarrassed or vulnerable or not being knowledgeable enough or just maybe something even more tricky like like rationalization or uh, procrastinating or uh, not having the motivation to do something uh, yeah I, I would argue that all of these are like manifestations of fear and the topic this topic is just me trying to understand and like get to the root of like where that barrier is in order to overcome it yeah so sort of the self-perpetuating ideas of the things that we become comfortable with that are actually preventing us from truly finding comfort i guess mm. in the sense of like fulfillment and you know being proud of yourself and things like that but we kind of get used to sitting in this state of yeah being withheld in some way because of our own yeah our own self-limiting beliefs that you know yeah come about in different ways and often are quite subtle and you don't recognize until you fully like sit down and do that self-work that you're that you are limiting yourself and that you are preventing yourself from exploring something new very very subtle and um subtle to the point where you 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 don't you don't recognize it 
and you don't you don't think it's uh, you limiting yourself or 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 it's there's there's always like you know a rationalization of reason and um, and yeah yeah definitely I think I definitely had that with this podcast mm. when I was trying to get it off the ground I yeah I think I've said this before on the show that like yeah, I had a mic under my bed for nearly two years that I'd bought, you know, I'd researched and I'd done it with the full intention of having the podcast, but mm. it was always, oh, it's time or it's, oh, I need to find the right guest or it's, you know, those other things, but really came down to self-doubt and mm. feeling like that mm. it was going to fail and that was meant that it was worth not doing, mm. um, which often is not the actual case in it. Yeah. 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 So I guess like if, you know, and the podcast is something that you want to do, and, uh, and we're usually most afraid of the things we really want to do, you know, uh, the, the things that really give us satisfaction. And, um, if, if we think of, if I think, I think of it almost like a, like a maths equation, like there's, there's fear on one side and then somehow there's like this crazy equals. And then on the other side is like, uh, like some sort of satisfaction or peace of mind. And, if you think about like, you know, one plus one equals two, we can take that one over the other side, make it a negative one equals two minus one. Uh, and like we can use fear as a way of directing ourselves to find the things that we want to do as well. It's not just always that uh, linear way. And you know, there's that classic saying that if you're not, a if you're, a if you're afraid of something, it means that it means something to you. And uh, we're only afraid of some of the things that mean things to ourselves. Otherwise, we'd be afraid of everything. And so, uh, yeah, and, and it was the exact same thing for me. Like, in, in fact, coming on this podcast, I only knew that I wanted to come on the podcast because I was afraid of doing it. <laughs> and, like, as soon as I heard that first guest episode, I think it was DJ. Yeah, it was DJ. Um, I was like, oh, damn, this is, this is frightening. But, like, I, I feel like I want to do this now. Like... Uh, yeah, which is, which was, um, yeah. It feels counterintuitive, right? Yeah. It feels counterintuitive to be like, hey, this thing scares me, means I have to do it. Yeah. But it makes a lot of sense because it's, it's almost like you are guiding yourself because, you know, the path of least resistance is probably mm. not going to be the most interesting path or the one that actually gives you a sense of accomplishment because it's easy. Mm. Whereas having to like, firstly, recognize what's stopping you from doing something and then actively choose to combat it mm. and like lean into that feeling even though you don't want to mm. um you're immediately even if it doesn't work out the way you maybe had dreamed it would mm. you're immediately going to have a better outcome mm. regardless because you're going to have learned something yeah. in that process yeah well the fear means something you know mm. like it's 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 about analyzing it like why why does it mean something and like and, and then and then sort of breaking it down into steps that are really manageable as well so um yeah, I guess that's that's where it was for me. Like, uh, and that's why I reached out to you in the first place. It was like, like I know I want to do this thing, and I'm actually like, like overwhelmed with resistance. I, I don't think I could just do it right now. I don't have any uh, ideas and topics or anything. But if I break it down, there's like one step that I know that I can do that I'm not afraid of, and that was just messaging you and expressing my interest. Yeah. yeah. And then it's also that building block thing because, you know, you didn't necessarily know what the entire process was going to be before you did that first step. No. But you knew that you had that first step to action and it, yeah, yeah it creates yeah. that positive outcome. Yeah. I knew itself. that I wasn't afraid of the first step. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And so I guess is this I, I don't want to preempt the question, but the next one is like, what is your personal journey with this topic and with mm. this experience? But mm. I guess in that as well, like how long have you felt like you've been actively engaging with this kind of thinking? Because I feel like it's not something that maybe is intuitive from the get go. And so like, yeah, within that personal journey, mm. how have you come to yeah, take on this sort of mindset? Yeah. So I guess it's something is kind of been developing throughout adult life. And it's always developing, but uh, more so last couple, three or so years is, is when it's become more, more potent. Um, I would call myself, uh, I've, I've self-labeled myself as a hobbyist, just someone that does a lot of hobbies, um, just because I, I really enjoy doing them. And um, like when, when I, I find that when I perform a hobby, I'm like forced into a state of presence. You know, uh, you're not thinking about what you did yesterday or, or what you're going to cook for dinner, but like you're, you're forced into the present moment and you're like aware. And this is the same sensation that you're searching for when you're meditating. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I labeled it, I labeled this like a, a meditative state. And, uh, I guess a really potent example for me is surfing. Like you're, you're, you're in the ocean and you're completely surrounded by water. You're, you're in a completely different environment. You're, you're often there for multiple hours, not touching land. It's kind mm. of a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. Um, but this environmental shift like forces you to be present and focus on that, that next thing, that, that thing right in front of you. And you leave all your emotional baggage behind and then you take a break from it and you, you come back to it, you know? And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's the same sort of sensation that you're, that you're looking for when you're meditating and, and, um, and, and Buddhism, like Buddhism says that meditation is, is aimed to be like a, a like to practice, to practice, um, compassion mm. and, and that it is a muscle that you have to learn. And, um, and the more that you do it, the, the more that it becomes natural and, and, uh, perpetuates throughout your everyday life as well. So this is why like these hobbies that I undertake uh, are, like sort of perpetuate throughout my life. But I guess going back to my personal journey, um, yeah, it's something that's been developing, but I guess it I, I started to develop a really strong like uh, analytical way of thinking when I was in uni, mm-hmm. uh, I studied genetics. And, um, towards the end of my degree, I also, uh, started getting into the teachings of Buddhism, which is really interesting because I was studying genetics and then going to Buddhist meditation sessions every week and like convergence I, of like science and spirituality, yeah. especially at that age, like, you know, <clears throat> we all know that early twenties feeling of like trying to figure out where things sit with each other. So mm. then like taking on two quite divergent <laughs> you know, ways of thinking at the same time is an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there would be a clash between them, but there surprisingly wasn't. Yeah. Because like, like at least the way I was, uh, and, and the way I was thinking of it and Buddhism is like flexible in it. You, you don't have to take on anything that you don't like believe. Like that's the core foundation of Buddhism. And, uh, like Buddhism for me was like, uh, a science of the mind you know, like, um, 
it's like how we can best understand and how and why our emotions are doing what they're doing. So uh, I, I guess this this whole theory is like me trying to um, extract the teachings of Buddhism and apply them to my life mm-hmm. as well in a in a practical way that makes sense to me, and uh, that's that's where this is kind of developed from. Those yeah. And I feel like that's the thing, right? Like my understanding or sort of, I guess, my interactions with like Buddhist thinking is that it's very self-orientated within the bigger picture. Not that it's like self-centered, but that, you know, it is about identifying patterns and beliefs in yourself so you can best find a flow Mm. with the rest of the world. Mm. And like that, that sort of sense of harmony and connection because of like Mm. a knowingness of the individual. So do you feel like that that's why maybe it didn't clash with your scientific like background because you could make it adapted to yourself because it wasn't so reliant on like an mm. outer being yeah. in the same way that maybe some other spiritualities are centered? Mm. Yeah, I guess there's no like guideline, there's no strict rules to it. Mm. So it's like here are all the teachings, take from it what you will. Yeah. So I guess I was just taking from it like the, the things that made most sense to me. And then, ad- like, adapting them in, like, a very, uh, like, logical way that made sense to me. Like, that, that science way of thinking. So, uh, almost, like, studying science, but then also studying the science of myself at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you said before, like, about the fact that you're someone who's done a lot of hobbies and involved with a lot of hobbies and things like that. But, mm. like, what what are some of those for context in the sense of, like, what are some of the... Like, what's the range of things that you feel like you do and engage with that, um, yeah, feeds into all of this thinking? Yeah, okay. So, like, the, the biggest one is music for me. Yeah. Uh, that's the most prevalent and uh, kind of endless. Like, the amount of instruments that you can learn is is endless. Um, I've, I've been... Uh, learning drums over the last year, I've learned guitar and uh, piano, and uh, and then and then there's there's sports as well. So like um, surfing and and slacklining, and I've been just just picked up rock climbing recently. Yep, classic. Uh, <laughs> yes. Are you a mid twenties uni student that lives in Melbourne? Do you boulder? <laughs> uh, I can't. I come across all of them. No way. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I almost am now. <laughs> Back at uni. Um, and yeah, even then there's like uh, the more obscure ones. Uh, one that I'm still trying to break is unicycling. Unicycling, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so crazy, but like it, it's, it's also um, the, the crazy nature of it is what makes it so difficult to break almost. There's so much like embarrassment and stigma around it. So yeah. Yeah, it's not exactly, yeah, it's not about, it's not the same as learning how to run. No. Or, like, getting good, yeah, even getting good at, like, rock climbing or something like that, where it's that sort of, like, mm. communal group space. Mm. Yeah, unicycling is... It's almost just, like, a, I, I only want to do it just because, like, it, it is hard to do. Like, yeah, just because, like, there is that, like, fear there. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason, really, why I'm doing it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've, throughout my life, was really into photography yeah. and um yeah I guess the list goes on yeah yeah you've <laughs> yeah. got all of them in there and that idea of the flow state as well like that sort of meditative state mm. is that something that you find in all of those hobbies that you do or is it kind of unique to specific ones like surfing where it mm. is quite you know um like a change of environment and like place mm. uh 
Yeah, no, usually usually it is um, transferable to all of them, mm. really, uh, more or less, and, uh, and in different degrees. Everything is different, but I think it is, uh, it is transferable to all of them, yeah. It's just like that, that avenue of you having to be focused on something yeah. and you not, not having the uh, mental capacity to worry about your emotional baggage at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with these Buddhist sort of learnings and how you've applied that, was was that what gave you the insight into the fact that fear was something that could be like a guiding emotion? Or mm. did you feel like you'd already started to sort of think, like think in that way, but the Buddhist sort of teachings was just adding to that mindset? Yeah. So it was, it's, it's really interesting because it's all just blended together. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the fear side of things came from uh, uh, there was there was a real mental shift for me when I went and uh, went solo traveling for three months in 2019. It was like really just me plunging myself into the deep end, and uh, it was you know it is scary doing that. And um, and but the the whole time throughout doing it, I. I like it was it was amazing like it was it was so scary but uh, I I started to understand that this was something that I I liked and mm. like why why was why was it scary but like also really empowering and like why did it make me feel so good and like why did it just connect with me so well and yeah I guess I started really questioning things after that uh, like. Um, that, that analytical science mind came in and was starting to blend with the other Buddhist uh, teachings and I was questioning and I, and I had a few, a few questions that I asked myself that sort of spurred this idea and this concept for me and uh, really broad questions but the first one was like, alright, so am I fulfilled right now? You know, mm. am, I, am I satisfied? And then, uh, well, yes and no, uh, sometimes. I guess. And the second one was like, have I ever felt f- fulfilled, satisfied before? And then, so this is where I started thinking about hobbies. Like, okay, so hobbies is where I'm usually feeling, um, feeling some sort of peace of mind. Mm. You know? And then, uh, like, if so, why did this thing give me peace of mind? And then, so I started uh, developing that sense of like meditative states. All right. So this is why it's giving me this peace of mind. And then, the fourth one was like, what's stopping me from being like satisfied or having peace all the time? And that was, that was where the fear sort of came into it. Like, okay, I I went away and, and plunged myself into this, uh, this deep end and, and, and overcame this barrier of fear. And then I felt the satisfaction there. So, um, so I guess this, this mental resistance within myself is what's stopping me. Mm. So like, why not try and focus on that and try and break that down a little bit more? Yeah. Mm. I think it's interesting as well, because even when you just said that about like traveling and like how it was something that, yeah, it was a bit daunting or like that made you feel like, yeah, sort of afraid, I guess, in some senses, Mm. but yeah, leading to that ultimate fulfillment. I sort of, I like, I moved to Melbourne like six years ago now. Mm. And when I moved, 
it was, I think I sort of had to ask myself those questions, you know, maybe not in the exact same language, but like I knew that staying in my hometown where I grew up wasn't right for me. It wasn't going to fulfill me Mm. and I needed to do something sort of drastic. And like, you know, I would tell people that I was moving and I didn't know anyone there and I didn't have anywhere to go. And like, Mm. I lived in a youth hostel for a month on my own, like Mm. when I first got here, because I just, that was what needed to happen. Mm. And I think back to that time and who I was as a person. And it was actually like, it feels like it was almost out of character because mm. it wasn't something that I, I was very anxious. Mm. I had really bad anxiety at the mm. time and things like that. But there was just no question that it was going to be what I did. Mm. And I speak about it as the best decision I ever made. Mm. But it was probably the scariest, like one of the scariest things I'd ever had to do like mm. for myself. Mm. Um, and it's interesting though, because yeah, that sense of like fulfillment that has come from it mm. and the knowingness that like, despite that potential that could have been something that stopped me mm, that could have yeah. easily been something that stopped me and I don't think anyone would have questioned that yeah. if it had yeah. and yet doing it at the same time has led to everything that I do now and like that you know that's kind of crazy those one of those sliding door moments but mm. I think it's it's just there's such growth points right it's just yeah. such a it's just such a there's kind of not really a bad side to it because even if it didn't work out Mm. you push yourself to do it and that's yeah yeah an achievement in and uh, of itself exactly yeah yeah i guess i guess it's just uh like there's an element of being uncomfortable mm. and it's so easy to um it it makes sense to 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 not do something that's uncomfortable you know it's it's in human nature yeah so like you know i could do this thing that's uncomfortable or i could do this other thing that's that's uh, a little bit less uncomfortable that seemingly gets me a similar result. So like, why would I choose that? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I guess was there, was there a reason why uh, you really knew that you had to move? I think it's because I knew I couldn't stay where I was. Mm. I just, that just, it just wasn't an option mm. really. Like obviously it was an option, you know, mm. but in the sense of like how I felt about myself and my life, mm. I just knew that, if I stayed exactly where I was for me, mm. it was just not going to end. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to grow. I wasn't going to be able to achieve the things I wanted to achieve because, yeah. um, sort of any sort of opportunities I would have had in my hometown to like, you know, maybe go to uni a little bit further away or whatever, it would have been commuting and it would have been then spending a lot of time on public transport and like not being able to afford to completely move out. Whereas yeah. me moving into state, like moving so far away meant that I had to actually move and I had to actually completely free fall, which was, um, yeah, necessary, I guess, to make that shift Mm. just in like where my life circumstances were. Um, and it's, but I've done it again and again, like since then, like I have my own business now and that was terrifying Mm. making that shift and like taking on that. And I think it's those things, isn't it? Where, it is those moments of apprehension that give you the greatest outcomes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like this notion of also like living in comfort, I think is something which is, it's very easy to Mm. just fall into those habits Mm. or like those routines of following the comfortable Mm. track. Um, Mm. And I don't necessarily think like, I think it's hard maybe when we're younger, like when we're in our twenties to see how that can be a bad thing. Yeah. But I think you see it, later in life in people yeah definitely like people when you're you know the classic midlife crisis sort of Mm. like you know that sort of stereotype it's like yeah often when you see those narratives it's like yeah whoever's lived in that life and is now having that said crisis has often done 
you know, the normal pathway or the comfortable thing and ticked all the boxes. It's really interesting because like now I'm at the stage in my life where you're practicing this and developing this idea. It's like when I, when I'm in a, in a comfortable stage for too long, it feels like uneasy, (laughs) which is, uh, it's, it's like, it's, I guess it's, I guess you could call it a good thing. Um, <laughs> not so sure about that. I know. It's just like when it's, it, which, which makes me feel like I'm always like in a transitional period of life, mm. but, but like just being, being, uh, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, I guess is, is just a, yeah, a skill that is uh, good to develop. Yeah. 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 And do you feel like you, I like, Going back to this, the Buddhist beliefs things, I feel like I want to explore that a little mm. bit more. Like, yeah. what was it about that thinking that helped you to elevate your understanding of, like, this process and, like, how you were engaging with um, those emotions? Like, was it just the fact that it's quite, like, an introspective, like, you know, self-orientated, like, way of thinking and it helped mm. to just clarify things? Or was it the fact that it teaches, like, meditative practices and that then you started to recognise in the things you were doing? Like, mm. what, what elements of it sort of, like fed into your understanding of this um, concept? Yeah, well, uh, I think it's something that's really interesting because, like, in in Buddhism, there there is a definition for things that we don't define, usually. So, like, uh, like fear and love and, and all, these, all these words that don't usually have a definition and that are different for everyone, they actually define all those things in Buddhism so that they can say things like... Um, so they can actually make definitive uh, comments. Mm. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. And um, and just like the, the 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 teachings were just really inspiring for me. Like um, the like for example, in in Buddhism, they say that fear um, or like the the root of suffering. You know, once once we actually. Um, like pinpoint it and and analyze the root of suffering it dissipates there's mm. actually no substance behind it mm. and that that made total sense for me because um it, it that gets to the point of like you know if i'm if i'm afraid of something we can break it down to and we can actually analyze it and and then get uh extract like a small step that we're not afraid of doing and then um and then once doing that and then it starts to open things up and you you start to uh that that fear dissipates because we're actually analyzing it so i guess there was just a lot of um a lot of similarities and a lot of uh things that were really clicking into place and so that's where it i guess it comes from the that um yeah yeah those those similarities that just made sense yeah yeah Yeah. do you feel like this approach of like yeah having to respond to the fear and like see it for what it is, you Mm. know, in whatever way it's been manifesting subtly in your own life has like developed your sense of self-awareness as well, just in general, um, because of that sort of like need to go. What do you mean by self-awareness? Like the way in which you know yourself, like, do Mm. you feel like your ability to like respond to your other emotions and to like Mm. think through those kinds of things has increased because of this sort of like approach to, Fear? Definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. You start, you, you really do develop a, a strong sense of self Yeah. through doing this. I mean, uh, if you, if you think back to any like, um, 
hard life stage that you've gone through or maybe it was a traumatic experience or something there there is there's usually always a sense of like a strong sense of self throughout that time you know and that's uh, these things always um, they they force us to be present mm. uh, like uh, difficult situations and and this is, I guess, a similar thing, but like to a lesser degree. It's not a traumatic experience. It's just a little bit of discomfort that we're leaning towards instead of straying away. It, it, it all, always develops that, that sense of self and that, that presence that really grounds you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that's like, I was curious to know if you'd felt that sort of <coughs> duality to it because mm. it feels very inherent that like if you're going to start yeah, facing your uncomfortable emotions, you're going to be more conscious mm. of yourself as a whole person because mm. it requires that, like, interconnection of, like, analysing one emotion requires you to be aware of your other emotions mm. and your other approaches to things. But yeah. um, I think it's always interesting to see if people actually see that for in themselves and mm. for themselves. Yeah. I think that sense of self is, like, has been interesting to develop. And in the past year, I think we've definitely witnessed mm. it. I've definitely seen it within, like... Um, social circles and friends and things like that where, you know, some people are very aware of the fact that they're self-aware and some people have had to, like, come into a level of self-awareness throughout, like, COVID because they've really had to grapple with, you know, sort of an uncomfortable mm. year and an uncomfortable mm. sense of self that they haven't had to do so in the past. Yeah, it's sort of, like, forced or, like, oh, uh, it's encouraged people to be self-aware um, just because, like, we're, we're plunged into, you know being by ourselves mm. so like we we have to like start and we have to start um what's the word it's almost like self-soothing as well because mm. you have to figure out yourself why you were unhappy or why you're unsatisfied mm. or why you were uncomfortable last year mm. and solve that problem because it was a lot harder to distract yourself with mm normal mm. external factors like you yeah. know socializing or yeah. you know going on a like holiday or whatever you know you have to just sit in your room and actually like mm. deal with it yeah um, we have to we have that's what i was thinking we have to confront those mm. uh those things that we we don't necessarily always have to because like we're supplementing that with uh everyday life yeah you know? yeah and i think hobbies as well came into last year a big a lot because yes. <laughs> you know everyone making sourdough kind of indicated that like a lot of people didn't know what to do with their time yeah yeah you know yeah individually mm. and independently mm. um and also the fact that like covid and having yeah having that stop of life mm. meant that the excuses or the justifications that we maybe had been using in the past yeah for why we weren't doing X, Y, or Z projects mm. or taking up X, Y, or Z, mm. you know, yeah. hobby, yeah. suddenly became a lot less convincing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, if you weren't going to learn a language because you didn't have enough time, mm. yeah. suddenly you have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the, that, that excuse isn't there anymore, I guess, the rationalization. Like, yeah. 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 Um, do you, was last year a year for you where you felt like you got to explore those kinds of hobbies and things more and the things that you like to do on mm. a different level or was it something that you already feel like you had your time sort of filled up in a sense yeah it's funny uh it's 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 funny that because like i was actually unemployed before covid happened and um and so i was i kind of already had the time to mm. to do all the things but then like 
COVID really cemented that like, okay, this is, this is time for me to, to, to try and, and work on myself. And then, or at least in the first lockdown, it was very much uh, yeah. like that, more, more, more so productive. And yeah. then, um, I guess it was hard to see at the time that that was the case, but then once moving out and, um, starting working again, uh, I really do look back on that time and see that, okay, I did do a lot of things, uh, more or less unknowingly. It wasn't, it wasn't so much a, uh, like, okay, I have this, this theory and I'm, I'm just going to knuckle down and do all these things and, and start all these new hobbies. But it was just like unknowingly happening. And now, now I can see that it was, but yeah. 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 Um, when we first began speaking about this topic, you talked about, um, like the phases of exploration or like, Mm. um, engagement with, yeah, new skills and new hobbies and things like that. And I was just wondering if you could sort of explain that because I think it's a really interesting, Mm. interesting way of framing out our resistance sometimes to new, new actions. Yeah. So like each new hobby or activity that you do has like that that uh that looming barrier that that's wanting you to that you that you have to break through right and after doing it multiple multiple times and repetitively you start to learn that there is like a common cycle on how it works for you and uh i guess it's me trying to again uh science science like analyze and like characterize like what that is or that cycle yeah. was and like there, there's always that initial resistance, right? That uh, that you, that you try and break down into a smaller step to make it manageable, and then um, it's often followed uh, with a hobby by a, a novelty period or just an intent, a period of intense like motivation because you're you're excited to have just learned this new thing, and uh, you're feeling really motivated to do it. And then it's usually followed by a, a trough in motivation. So like that, um, that dip, you're, you're feeling like you're not improving as quickly as you were. Yeah. And uh, the novelty's worn off and you, you often have to struggle through this period. Like that's the, uh, with, with anything you do, um, especially if it's a new skill, uh, yeah, you'll find that it, it tapers off and you're like, okay, uh, do I, this is, the, this is the time where you usually make the decision is this thing for me? Like, uh, is it worth me putting all these hours into it? Like to get, to break through this because like, do I actually like it? You know? Yeah. And then, uh, the next stage is more of a gentle plateau, uh, and motivation builds more gradually. The, the skill like no longer like defines you, but it, um, if you've gotten to this point, it means that you usually, it's something that you enjoy doing. And, and this is where the, the benefits start to come as well. The, um, the, the, the intense, more intense flow state or like, uh, meditative practices. Mm. That's, this is where this, this comes as well. And, and, and that's not to say that like, there will be, um, as you, as you pursue it more and more, there will be like transitional periods, you know, intermediate to advanced to expert, and each one of these periods also comes with periods of resistance as well. But, um, but yeah, once, once you break through each barrier, you start to build a stronger affiliation for, um, for the, for, for the confidence in your own ability. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, when you first sort of 
articulated that to me, it really struck a nerve because I think it's something that we all know. Like mm. you say those things and it's like, yeah, you can, you know, think about anything, even like exercise. You can mm. like say, you know, you're suddenly like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm going to commit. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. And you do it and you do it for a couple of weeks mm. and then you hit, uh, you know, you get your beginner's gains and you, you know, yeah. you suddenly you can add a kilometer onto your run and you're like, hell yeah, yeah like, yeah. this is what it's all about. <laughs> and then, yeah, you hit that point where motivation is no longer enough. Yeah. And it has to be about discipline and it has yeah. to be about like, remembering why you started it like Mm. what was it that you were trying to get out of it like Mm. and like committing to that sort of idea but I think putting it into the words of like actually being out of again like self-reflect and identify those stages of that cycle and why you might be lacking in enthusiasm because you have started to you know Mm. yeah stop getting better as quickly and it Mm. is more just like doing Mm. the same thing again and again and Mm. gradually incrementally Mm. improving Mm. um which, you know, it doesn't give you that necessarily like the same like dopamine rush or in the moment yeah, of like, yeah. you know, that mad skill. But being having the ability to commit and push past that mm. and, and know that that like positive plateau is coming mm-hmm. is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting to like actually analyze it. Yeah. 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 And uh, I feel like with each new hobby, there's always a different technique that, that comes into play. And like, um, like doing it more and more, you start to learn different techniques. Uh, for example, like so many people say, I wish I knew how to play X instrument. I wish I knew how to play guitar. Yeah. And, um, and for me, learning drums, uh, like I'd, I'd already learned a few sort of broken through that barrier for, with a few different instruments. And I knew drums was going to be a tough one. And um, I originally reached out to a friend that had a drum kit and uh, knew how to play drums well. And I, I said to him, like, hey, I want to learn how to play drums and I know you want to learn how to play guitar, so I'm going to give you this guitar yeah. and I'm going to borrow your drum kit and in one week's time we're going to jam <laughs> and, and just, like, see what happens. So, like, all of a sudden we've got the that external motivate, yeah. motivating factor. And so, yeah, like learning these techniques, all of, all of a sudden, like I, I was really inspired to, to push through that like trough yeah. and, and um, or like, you know, whether it be drum lessons or just yeah. some, some, sort of, uh, some sort of thing that's like taking you accountable is, yeah. uh, is a really great way of doing that as well. Nothing like a bit of healthy competition or exactly. like, you know, a bit of pride in there. Yeah. It's always a helpful one. Yeah. And, um, the, and the jam, the, the jam was terrible, by the way. <laughs> it was so, it was so funny. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah. This thing, right? Mm. You went and you, you both put yourself in an uncomfortable position as well. And mm. I think that like public element, like what you're talking about with unicycling too, mm. where like, yeah, having to do it in front of other people and like risk embarrassment, yeah. but doing it anyway. Mm. It's, mm. yeah, it's a very healthy thing. Like you gotta be able to laugh at yourself. You yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like too, in that cycle, I, um, in the first sort of initial phase of like, in like extreme enthusiasm, mm. it's also often when we tell the most people about whatever it is that we're doing, yeah. you know, you've bought a slack line and you're like slack lining, yeah. best thing ever <laughs> doing it every day, you know, um, you know, oh, like the Instagram photos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, you know, yeah. Even, even like with the podcast, like mm. when I actually started to record and stuff like that and tell people about it, um, I, it, you suddenly are then like, oh heck, like, you know, once you start to tell people, yeah, then yeah. that comes to play in it as well, because sometimes it can even like, 
I find even it can sometimes detract from it because then you become like self-conscious of like mm. people knowing about it. But it's like, you got to like, you got to think about what that means, right? Like if you're going around telling everyone that you're doing an activity or a new thing, mm. it obviously means that there is a baseline level of excitement yeah. and of like, yeah. you know, enthusiasm for it and like using that as a motivator to keep going, even though it can kind of in some ways also <laughs> make you pull back because you're yeah. like, shit, now yeah. everyone thinks I'm... Yeah. Gonna be able to play drums, but yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I guess it depends on the personality, but sometimes, can, um, sometimes it can be really healthy. Uh, yeah. To to go around and tell people that and take photos and, uh, and and uh, yeah, yeah, and and preach to the world that this is something that you're doing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it can it can be a really motivating factor depending on yeah. Yeah, depending on what it is and who you are. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um. So with all of this topic and like with everything that you've sort of been touching on, mm. is there something that you wish people knew about this topic or this way of thinking that you feel like maybe people don't understand or that you think mm. is like missing for a lot of people when they think about yeah. taking on new activities? Yeah. So I guess the, the main crux of this is like putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, uh, is often avoided and it i it, i think it should be more so embraced and um yeah like we we discussed this earlier people think that like why would i do x when i can do y and not be uncomfortable but like leaning towards you know that fear isn't the most crazy thing that you can do it's not it's not uh it's not such a crazy thing and we can and we can um we can break down the fear to the point where it it's we're no longer scared of it Mm. And, and that's, that's, I guess the biggest misconception, like they, it's usually, um, it's, it's usually just accepted that this thing is, is maybe a little bit out of my comfort zone. So why would I do it? You know? Mm. And, um, yeah, there's, there's always, there's always a way of breaking it down. And that's, um, that's, that's what I figured to that that helps me at least and and that's what I did you know f for coming on this podcast like like I thought to myself hey this is something that's like sort of frightening but if I break it down like where is the step where is the smallest piece that isn't frightening and um and 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 then acting upon that mm. yeah and developing upon that because it always it always comes one after another one after another as well you can't you can't expect to um to do, to do anything without the, the small pieces that, that make up the, the jigsaw puzzle. You know? yeah. yeah. And yeah, if you can isolate out what those small pieces are, mm. it's like, it's, it's literally like the personification of the t like phrase of like, um, just chip away at it, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's like, it is a big thing, whatever it is. Like, that's probably why it's partially scary. You're probably mm. not, mm. you know, as afraid of, I don't know, like, yeah, going and ordering a coffee. But mm. even if you were, even if that was something that was scary to you and daunting mm. to you, mm. what's the first step? Mm. It's, okay, leave your house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, find yeah. a cafe. Like, yeah. you know, it's, a, yeah. it's those basic steps that you don't even think about with stuff mm. like that. But, like, it's mm. the same concept just on maybe a slightly larger yeah. scale. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like as well there's an element of, like, you can fail at the things that you don't want to do as well. Mm. You can fail at the comfortable stuff. Yes. You know, you can, you can do what you think is expected of you or what you think everyone else is expecting you to do. And you can still, you mm. can still fail. You mm. can still like be embarrassed. You mm. can still lose mm. out. 
at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. You can still come away from it um, not having achieved what you wanted or not having gotten the outcome that you did. Mm. And I think that mindset for me was something that like feeds into this as well of like, Mm. well, if I can can be bad at the things I don't want to do, then that's just even more incentive to do the things that are scary because at least then if you fail at it or you're embarrassed or yeah, you, you know, you lose out in some other way or you don't make back that money that you invested into whatever it was, Mm. at least you've then at least followed your instinct and Mm. your, your want, Mm. um, which, you know, is more about being true to yourself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really, that's a really good point that, uh, that I kind of hasn't, haven't really considered that like, you know, it's, you know, I'm always like trying to do these things that I, I, I'm, I've got some sort of resistance by, but yeah, if you flip it on the other, on the other side, it, we, we're always, we're always failing at the things that we thought that we, we'd be good at it as well. So like, if we're going to fail, uh, like necessarily at both evenly, mm. then, then why not choose this one path rather than the other? Do you feel like this way of thinking as well, like this sort of approach to stuff has had an impact on your like, like, yeah, like your friendships and your other relationships? Like, do you find yourself gravitating towards people that are more likely to push themselves or do you ever find yourself frustrated with people who won't? Or is it much more of just an internal thing for you where it kind of doesn't matter, mm. like, about the people around you? Mm. Yeah, uh, I think a bit of bit of everything like I I do find myself gravitating towards people that like really encourage this and uh, and push themselves but it's not that's not uh the be all, all and end all um I I do find myself talking and like really getting started when when people like have this thing that they're you know uncomfortable by or seemingly a really negative thing in their life but like are unable to see that like that is actually a positive uh like and and so yeah uh, there is there is elements of everything in there yeah which yeah. is yeah it's kind of hard to define i guess yeah and it's yeah. Kind of, it, you know it's not necessarily like a negative thing but it's i think i've definitely seen mm. that over the last again covid year where you become more comfortable or like more invested in people that push themselves a little bit because Mm, it's encouraging to see it happening in other spaces and it makes it I feel like maybe even it makes it when you hit that like sort of you know lack of motivation plateau stage it's almost keeps you going watching Mm. other people maybe being at different stage in the cycle and being like oh okay yeah cool feed off that energy for a bit while I sort of try and get myself like back on back on track with whatever it is that you've invested your own time in yeah and you know we are so influenced by our environment all the time and yeah um now sort of thinking it a bit more in depth like there is always people around me that are, are like pushing themselves as well and my my friendship group is very much a creative one so yeah um so yeah yeah it feeds well yeah. like even the friend wanting to learn how to play guitar and yeah. having that ability to yeah. swap yeah. swap hobbies for a week you yeah. know it yeah mm. it makes it easier doesn't it because there's already that similar mindset definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah and is there anything at the moment that you're that you're applying this thinking to is there anything new that's coming across your plate like you said that you moved out and things like that has mm. that had an influence on all of this as well uh yeah so moving out is been a big transitional period but uh i guess the 
the biggest thing for me right now is like uh, bouldering, rock climbing. Uh, I've sort of, I'm, I'm in that intermediate stage right now. I've just sort of just break, broken through that like trough and I'm finding myself starting to, to come up and plateau. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll say this uh, because like unicycling is just not one that I've gotten <laughs> through yet. It's, and it, and it's, it's always in the back of my mind, but it's just, it's so hard to break through, I've found for me, but um, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll keep a tab on this and I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on that one. But like, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's every day. It's, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think rock climbing is, and, and just being more active as well uh, has, has been uh, a big one for me. Uh, I think I was, I was quite, quite more so inactive over the, the COVID year. Mm and uh, get, getting back into more sports now, yeah. Yeah, taking advantage of being able to be out and about as yeah. well. Like, you know, you create, we all created habits last year that mean that we might stick closer to home for different mm. things just out of, mm. yeah, just out of habit because yeah. of what it was like. Mm. So, mm. yeah, forcing yourself to move beyond that, mm. um, beyond that barrier yeah. of it all. Yeah. 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 Um, how, how, I'm interested to know, like, how, how like, at least now having this, uh, this insight or having this conversation, like how did, how did things play out with you when you were starting the podcast? Yeah, mm. I think, yeah, if I'm applying sort of like, yeah, that cycle thinking to it all, um, I'd always been interested in exploring like a, not necessarily like, like a, like a public media based sort of project mm. you know i watch mm. a lot of youtube i've mm. always loved youtube and i love like daily vloggers and weekly vloggers and stuff like that even mm. the trashy ones i just think it's really fascinating <laughs> um you know i'm really i'm i'm a nosy person in that sense like i love yeah. sort of seeing how people go about their day and their life and i always felt like i learned so much from that mm. um and podcasting was something that i found really enticing because mm. I felt like I had a lot of thinking around stuff and I'd have really interesting conversations with friends and mm. it felt like an approachable medium because yeah. it's kind of most simple, I guess, you know, you just need a mic and yeah. an idea yeah. and you can do it. It doesn't have to be so visual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I bought the microphone with every intention of, you know, starting this podcast and mm. it actually started out as, um, what did we call it? It was like you, me world or something like that. And it was going to be like a structure of, um, topics that interested me, but then in ways that were applicable to the listener in the context of the world. Mm. So tying it into like current affairs and mm. news events and things like mm. that, because I just felt like there was a disparity between the way people engage with news and the media and who we were as people, given mm. that like, you know, for the most part, my friendship circles are people who've, you know, had access to education, have like relative privilege in the way that they can make choices about their life. Yeah. But so many of them were so disengaged from like mm. world events and stuff like that. Mm. Bought the mic. Just quickly, like, yeah. was the was the purchasing of the microphone something that took a while to do or like build the courage to do? Or was it like, uh, I'm just going to buy this microphone and maybe that's going to motivate me. No, it took a while. Yeah. It, took, it took, took a while to do that. Yeah. And then I sort of bit the bullet and did that. And mm. I thought that starting law school, this was going to be my great, like, outside of class hobby. Mm. It was going to be something that keep me, give me something to focus on that wasn't study. Mm. Um, yeah, and it gathered dust for, like, 
yeah. yeah, a year and a half. And I pulled it out a couple of times and like tried to record something, but mm. nothing fitted, nothing mm. worked. Mm. And I was really embarrassed about it. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone about it. Mm. And the first few times I tried to record, like I lived with housemates mm. and I would wait until everyone was out of the house. Yeah. No one knew. Like, you yeah. know, I told one or two of my close friends that I wanted to do it, but it really, yeah, yeah, it wasn't happening. And mm. then I, I came up with the idea of this format mm. using the listeners as the content mm. to frame the conversations of things that I wanted to talk about. Mm. And um, it came about because of the name came about actually because of something from Tumblr, mm. funnily enough. <laughs> um, there used to be a post text post that would go around. And it was like me and my friends play this game where called don't get me started. Mm. Um, Oh, sorry, get me started. And mm. you had to name a topic and the other person had two minutes and they just had to rant about it. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be something as random as like, you know, anything you wanted or it could be an actual serious topic. And I mm. realized that a lot of my friends and I, that was the kind of conversations we were having. Yeah. Where someone yeah. would say, oh, like, don't get me started. <laughs> and, you know, and then the person would be like, okay, yeah. go. Like, you know, let's, <laughs> I want to know more. Yeah. And I found in myself socially, I, d I don't do small talk. I find I'm very socially anxious. So... Mm chit chat at the beginning of events or like just mm. standing with someone and st that I don't really know that well and having to sustain a conversation was super uncomfortable for me mm. and I could feel myself not talking about the things I was interested in because it was like too much mm. or like too overwhelming yeah um and I was like fuck that <laughs> I, <I'm laughs> these the are the same. interesting topics yeah like, I'm, this yeah. is what I want to hear about from people mm. yeah yeah yeah, I'm very much the same. Like the 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 surface level conversation doesn't doesn't come naturally to me. No, and I, I feel so much more comfortable talking about like something that's that's like deeper and and I guess sometimes harder to explain. Weirdly, but like it just it just comes much more naturally to me. And but even this conversation that we're having, like mm. I've known you for you know years now, and I have always known you to be someone who does a lot of interesting bits and pieces. Mm. But like. I don't think we would have had this conversation about your whole mindset behind that and mm. the whole development you've had of those ideas mm. if I hadn't gone and done this project because mm. it's just not how people instinctively interact with one another. Exactly, yeah. You have to, like, learn... You have to learn all those, like, basics, like, uh, the, the basics and uh, you have to really get to know someone on, a, on that... Um, less deep level to, to, to like unlock this other side of things. And I guess this is like sort of going straight to the point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It fast tracks it. Even, mm. you know, the, I put up a, the questionnaire for a solo episode episode, sorry, called party favorite privilege, which is mm. going to be about recreation and drug use. Mm. And I went for dinner with friends the next night and they were like, yeah, recreational drug use, like really interesting topic, like mm. privilege, you know, and we had this half an hour conversation about, mm. about it, mm. which with these two girlfriends of mine would not be something we would have normally just gravitated to what's talking to. Yeah. But we had this super interesting conversation, started talking about class, started talking mm. about like benefits of living at home, like, you know, go into all these different things. Mm. And it's, yeah, I think that that's been the sort of like the continual motivation behind it. Cause it is, a, it's been a hard thing to sustain. Mm. I study full time. I have my own business. Yeah. I have a life and, yeah. you know, fitting it in and making the time to record episodes and do questionnaires is tricky mm. and at times it feels like not a chore but like it takes a lot yeah, yeah. it takes a lot of energy to do it mm. um but i think the thing with it too as well was breaking it down you know when you said about like finding the small goals yeah 
I read something when I was preparing the first season that said that most people who take on media-based projects do eight of whatever it is and then mm. they stop. Mm. So I committed mm. to doing eight episodes in the first season. Mm. That was my goal. I was mm. like, do eight yeah. and then you won't stop. Yeah, yeah. And nice. now we're in season two and it worked. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a manageable, it was a bite-sized amount. Mm. Ten was too many. Eight was... Yeah. Eight made sense. Eight, eight made sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's what I was going to sort of ask. Was Do you think it was that uh, that 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 breaking things down that made it uh, palatable for you to overcome that barrier? Or was it like, or was it the actual, the topic that clicked with you that enabled you to overcome that barrier? Or like, where was that for you? I think it was a sort of twofold, uh, threefold thing. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is not, yeah. Um, I, the concept I'd sort of had developed before I really did commit to doing it. But something that really pushed me to do it was I got dumped very unexpectedly Mm. and I was sort of doing a lot of personal growth in my life. And it was asking myself that question, like, Mm. am I happy? Mm. Am I fulfilled? What Mm. is missing? Like what, what is it that I'm looking to somebody else for? Mm. And why is it so devastating that that relationship is over? Mm. And like, how do I, how do I fulfill myself just in myself? Mm. And the thing that just kept popping up in my head was like that damn podcast. Yeah, right. Because if I don't do this now, mm. when the heck am I going to do it? Mm. It was in the middle of COVID. Mm. I'd just been broken up with. Mm. I'm living at a home, you know, in like really strict lockdown. It's like, mm. if you're not going to unpack that microphone and just try yeah. now, yeah. you aren't going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And at actually with DJ and Hugh, my now other housemate, I was at their house um, just before we went into stage two lockdown and they'd invited me over specifically because I was sad because I'd been broken up with <laughs> and we got really drunk and we're just talking about everything and we all cried. It was a very nice <laughs> evening. And I, I told I them <laughs> about the concept of the podcast yeah. and where I was at with my thinking of it. Mm. And they, along with their other housemates at the time, were just like, you just have to fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just have to do it. Mm, Just record a bloody episode. And I did. Mm. And it worked. And Mm. people enjoy listening to it. And Mm. we have, you know, almost 200 people in the Facebook group. Mm. And it's... The point of it for me is just that it's... For me, you Mm. know... Yeah. It was just answering myself and saying, you want to do this, do it. Mm, Yeah. You know? Um, But the other bite-sized thing that kept it going was instead of trying to record an episode straight away, I recorded a trailer. Ah, yes. Nice. And having to articulate the entire concept in two minutes and be okay with how my voice sounded, be okay with the way that I expressed it, Mm. helped me then when I showed that to people and then their response being really positive, it got the ball rolling. Mm. Yeah. This is, this is, um, (laughs) providing me with a lot of satisfaction that the things that you're, you've overcome to do this is like, uh, as has fed into what I've been saying. It's like, yeah. it's worked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I'm like, yeah, I'm example a yeah. outside of Luca, you know, he's got his own stories, but like, yeah, I can fully, that's why I think when you came to me with this topic and we started talking about it, it resonated with me. Cause I was like, literally the thing, mm. like the thing that we're going to immortalize this topic in is I had to go through the same process to make yes. it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. You know, and it is now sort of in that sort of like happy plateau of like, mm, yeah. I know I'm just learning and I'm just, you know, the more mm. I do it, the better it will get. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. 
and it I, will just flow. Yeah, and I think that it's really interesting how you were talking about like uh, that that like uh, I don't traumatic is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like that that experience that that wasn't necessarily like one that you wanted to happen that really grounded you like it really forced you to be present yeah yeah, yeah. and like forced you to like really co- confront the things that would have been um mulling over in your mind yeah, yeah. um yeah. i definitely you know i'm a big believer in like you know yeah negative experiences are transformative if you let them be mm, yeah um and there was a lot of other stuff as well in my life in that time that changed and but yeah it's you got to you know, silver linings and all that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is there anything else around this topic that you feel like you haven't had the chance to touch on yet or that you wanted to sort of discuss a bit more? Because I feel like there's there's elements to it that go so much deeper than what we've managed to talk about, but there's also only so much we can speak about in the abstract without it being about someone else's specific things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't know particularly. It's hard to it's hard to say. Uh, I feel like as soon as I walk away from this this room, then it will come into my mind. <laughs> but but it is it is hard to say exactly. Like if, if there's nothing that's on my mind, that's like yeah. I really need to say this right now. Yeah. No. yeah yeah yeah. I think it's that thing though of like everyone has to take the moment to think about mm. where they've seen this before because I think it is something that everyone's experienced mm. if they, even if they haven't been able to articulate. Yeah. 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 That yeah. sensation. Mm. Yeah. Um, and on that, I guess, is there anything that you would recommend people could do or like read mm. or engage with that would help them like know more about this stuff and understand maybe a bit more where your mindset is with this? Yeah. So there's this uh, exercise that you could do. Um, like if you if you wanted to uh, give yourself an example and, and, and really try to lean towards something uh, like if you have uh, may, maybe for example if you don't know what you want to do you're, you're, you're searching for something uh, you, you don't know what that is and you just really want to connect with something uh, you can you can write down all the things that you feel like you're intrinsically afraid of doing uh, this is a really good way of doing it because you, you're seeing it on the paper and all, all of a sudden it's real, you know. And um, and whether that could be, you know, it could be starting a new hobby. It could be it could be coming on this podcast. You know? Yeah, all of you get to come on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, write down those things in a list and um, and then and then org- organize them in order of how strong your affiliation is with them. And then you'll see. Uh, or just like how much you want to do them like you'll see uh, in order like okay this, these are the things they're really confronting me and uh, now, now I'm looking at them now I can, now I can feel it it's, it's real now because I've written it down um, and, then, and then just try to analyse like the source of why uh, where the resistance is or where the barrier is so like uh, why is it that you haven't done it already you know mm. why, why isn't it being done and um and, and and where where it's coming from, and and then you can and then you can break it down into like a small, easily uh, manageable step. So like where where the source is and how you can break that down, and and then and then just extract the first step that you want to do that you're not so afraid of doing, mm-hmm. and then just do that one tiny thing. And it, it could just it could be so small. It could just be sending someone a message or just like. Uh, just yeah yeah it could just be you know 
admitting to yourself that it's something that you want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then from there, the, it will build from there. It will, it will start to take shape. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, the writing things down, having Mm. to like, yeah, more concretely commit to it. Mm. You know, I spoke about that in the last solo episode about like setting goals and intentions and stuff like that, where it's like, it's all well and good to think about them, but until you put them in a physical format, whether that's typing them out, Mm. writing them down, putting them in your phone, Mm. it's very difficult to like fully commit to it because it's so easy in your head to justify away mm. the importance of it or the significance of it yeah whereas when you write it down on paper you can't like obviously you can mm. change the words you can write different words but you wrote those first words yeah. and that matters and yeah. that like it's kind of accountability to yeah. self yeah. yeah it reflects like where you were at that specific moment as well yeah. yeah yeah um and i think that thinking as well can even be like related to like personal relationships and things like that or like dealing with like growth in those senses because it's like you know if you want to have a difficult conversation or something with somebody mm. and you just avoid it because you're scared of it mm. it's like d- having to do that exercise as well of like writing down what about that conversation is it their reaction that you're scared of is mm. it your reaction that mm. you're scared of mm. is it the topic itself yeah. is it the format in which it's going to happen is it this is it that mm. and yeah. then being able to like create actionable steps for yourself where it's like okay maybe you need to write out everything you would like to say mm. or maybe you need to change your mindset about where you're going to talk to them about this thing yeah um i feel like it's yeah it's it's not just applicable to like yeah like a hobby or an activity it can actually be really applicable to anything that you have a fear factor towards yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and and yeah writing it down just makes it like so tangible and mm. it, it, it enables you to look at it from a different angle as well yeah um because all of a sudden, uh, you don't have to mentally take note of what has been written down. It's just there. It's in concrete. And then you can start thinking about other things that, like, relate to it. Yeah. 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 yeah and just develop your sense of mm. thinking around all of it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like an important sort of note maybe to end on as well with all of this is mm. how satisfying it is when you do the thing mm. and then you think back to how scared you were of it at one time. Mm. Yeah. And you just get to have that moment of, like, yeah, you can feel the both, you know, yeah, you can yeah. feel the fear towards it and you can come to a point where you have a level of satisfaction and accomplishment yeah. in that same space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I guess an ending note for me, like each each time we, we expose ourselves to an experience uh, like this, it, it just gives us another time, uh, a, another way in which we can practice it in real time. And each time we practice it, we, we learn like these valuable lessons and techniques that apply uh, to situations in everyday life. And at the same time, we, we, we develop a strong sense of peace that, that does carry out through everyday life. So it's, it's leaning, leaning towards these things that, that just develop this, this muscle, this, this sense of like satisfaction that is, is, is baseline, mm. is always present. Yeah. And so, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll start to see that it, it will become more developed and, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think the challenge behind all of this is everyone's got to go do something that they're scared of. Mm. Take the time. Yeah. Do it for yourself, mm. you know, and yeah, see where you end up because of it. And, and I'll let you know how I go with unicycling. <laughs>
We'll insert video footage of him yeah. learning how to unicycle in a couple of months when he's finally cracked the code. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on, Luca. I hope it was positive. I hope it was there was comfort in the fear at the end of the day. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. I feel yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, you got to uh, hop, jump and skip out, yeah. <laughs> out, of, the, out yeah. of the bedroom because you finally ticked up the list. Yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts. If you're not already part of the Facebook community, join the Get Me Started podcast community on Facebook so you can contribute your thoughts about the episode. Um, and that's where you can also get involved with the solo episode questionnaires and be part of the show uh, as well. And for all of you who are terrified of coming on the podcast, follow Luca's lead. Um, I'm looking for more guests for this season and already starting to plan out season three as well. So get in touch and yeah, we'd love to have everybody on the show eventually, mm, yeah. but thanks for coming, Luca. Thanks for, thanks for having me. No, yeah. it was all good. Yeah. Cool. See you everyone. Bye.